And it's uh, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day is when we remember military personnel who have died as they perform their military duties. Um, some of us will use this weekend to uh, remember lost loved ones in general, um, but it really is a military holiday. Uh, we honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf. Uh, the scripture passage for this morning focuses on the faith of a military officer. Uh, the scripture this morning is found in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, the Gospel of Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. Uh, you can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles if you have your Bibles on you, or you can look up Matthew 8 on your phones. Uh, but this passage is an encounter between Jesus and a Roman centurion. Uh, a centurion would be a junior officer in the Roman army. The Roman army was the greatest army in the world at that time. Our scripture reader for this morning is John Lord. So John, uh, if you can make your way on up to the podium. As he does, I know you just sat down, but please stand up again and face the center of the room. Um, and we read from the center of the room to remind us that Scripture should be central in our lives, and we stand because we believe that this is the Word of God. And so, John, uh, whenever you are ready, please read from Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. John, thank you very much. You may be seated. Uh, in this passage, the centurion uh, talks about submitting to authority. You know, I tell one soldier to go, and he goes, and I tell one to come, and he comes. You know, the military is structured on chain of command and authority, uh, where in the military you are trained to do what you are told to do. Now, for us civilians, we don't always like to submit to authority. Rules are great until they apply to us. Um, we like to be exceptions to the rules. Uh, and I want to demonstrate this by just taking an informal poll. And um, I want you to be honest. No judgment here. Um, but I just want to see how often we don't like to submit to the rules. All right? All right. So I just want you to raise your hand if you've ever jaywalked. Just raise your hand. It's okay. It's all right. All right. Uh, raise your hand if while driving on the freeway, you passed another car on the right. You went on the right to pass them when you're not supposed to do that. Okay, um, have you ever, like late at night, you're stuck at a red light and there's like nobody around? Okay, you look around, there's nobody, no one coming. Have you ever gone through that red light? Raise your hand. Yeah, you guys are pretty honest. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, there are traffic laws that we don't obey. There are also company rules that we don't obey. Like, for example, have you ever snuck candy into the movie theater? 
Okay, okay, there you go. Um, have you ever brought outside food or drink on the golf course? Okay, for those of you who golf, yeah, okay. Um, then there are health rules that we don't obey, like uh, raise your hand if you really don't exercise regularly. Yeah, see, now I just started this year, so I don't have to raise my hand, so there we go. Um, uh, raise your hand if you eat after 8 p.m. I guess you're not supposed to do that. So I wait until midnight, and then it's not, you know, it's not after 8 p.m. anymore. Um, there are fashion rules that we don't obey. Uh, raise your hand if you wear socks with sandals. Yeah, okay. Hey, judgment-free. We're not judging anyone, okay? Uh, and then uh, raise your hand if you wear white after Labor Day, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, but hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. You can start wearing white again. It's kind of nice. Uh, notice I didn't ask anything about masks. I'm not that brave. All right. Um, so we don't always like submitting to authority. Um, but what about being in authority? You know, from time to time, all of us find ourselves in position of authority. Um, parents and teachers and uh, police officers and judges, those are your, you know, stereotypical authority roles, if you will. But even roles like, you know, being a babysitter or a host at a busy restaurant or teaching a friend how to quilt or some other hobby, all those even smaller roles put you in a position of authority. And when we find ourselves in roles of authority, Jesus expects us to behave in a certain way. Um, Jesus is the king of kings, the ultimate authority. And in this interaction with a military officer, we see what kind of authority Jesus is. And we are reminded how we are, should, we are to use our authority in whatever capacity we may have it, whether it's a big role or a small role. Um, both Jesus and the centurion they recognize the value of others. They recognize the value of others. If you go back to the passage that we just um, heard, and you go back to verse 5, where it says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. You see, the centurion is concerned about his servant because he's suffering terribly. And from a status standpoint, the servant is less than the centurion. You know, the centurion, he can always get another servant, but he cares about this particular one. And Jesus also shows concern for the servant, where he offers, shall I come and heal him? Um, but why should Jesus care? Why should Jesus care about the servant? This is a Roman soldier occupying their land. This is the enemy coming to ask for help. And on top of that, um, for Jesus to enter a Gentile house, a Gentile, anyone who is not Jewish, to enter a Gentile house would make Jesus ritually unclean, which is a really big deal for Jews when it comes to their faith. In fact, there is no record in the Gospels of Jesus ever entering the house of a Gentile. But Jesus is willing to go with this foreign enemy occupying their land, a military officer, to heal a servant. 
But the centurion says, well, I don't deserve for you to come under my roof. You see, the centurion understands that for Jesus to come into his house would cost Jesus a lot. He understands the ritually unclean rules. And so this Roman soldier, well, he's concerned for this Jewish healer. Why? Um, he's the commander. He could literally order Jesus to come. But he says, no, don't come to my house. You see, both Jesus and the centurion, they recognize the value of the other. Philippians 2 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. That's the mindset of Jesus, looking to the interests of the others. Even others that we could consider mm, less than us. You know, we have ways all sorts of ways in which we value ourselves and value each other. We have different criteria in which we measure each other. Now, I personally love using scales of 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, I love to rate things. It kind of helps me put things in perspective. Um, and so just answer these to yourself. If I were to have you on a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself in each of the following areas. How would you rate yourself? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much education do you have? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much money or what kind of home or car do you have? On a scale of 1 to 10, how prestigious is the job you have? On a scale of 1 to 10, how good looking are you? I won't answer that for myself out loud. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hard do you work? Scale of 1 to 10, how good are your social skills? Now, we just read Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Philippians 2, verse 5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In other words, Jesus' mindset focuses on how much interest do you show in others lower than you on your scale. So how much interest do you show with those who have less education than you, less money than you, less prestigious job than you, not as attractive as you, doesn't work as hard as you, are, or they're socially awkward? How do we treat those who are less than us? Jesus is very interested in that. And the good news, the good news for us is that Jesus died for us because he values us. It doesn't matter how we rate on our man-made scales. It doesn't matter how we rate on Jesus' scale. Jesus values us and died for us because of how much he values us. That's good news. Another key to being and authority is respecting the authority of others. Respecting the authority of others. If you go back to the passage, to verses 9 and 10, where it says, 
The centurion says, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The centurion lays out this chain of command, but you noticed, maybe, that he doesn't start by naming the people under him. He starts with, I myself am a man under authority. The centurion understands that if he doesn't submit to authority, he will lose his own authority. Many of you have been in the military. If a commander doesn't follow orders, well, they eventually lose their command. The centurion understands why his men submit to him, because he also has to submit to authority His authority is based upon his ability to submit to the authority above him, or the authority, not even the authority above him, sometimes the authority of someone else, maybe even below him. Now, here's a thought for us to ponder this morning. If you are not willing to submit to authority, you do not have the character to be in authority. If we are not willing to submit to authority, then maybe we do not have the character to be in authority. A few years ago, my family, uh, we went on a whitewater rafting day trip. Um, Our guide in charge of the boat was a young college kid. Um, There was another group in the boat with us, and most of us in the boat had way more life experience than this college kid who was guiding us and was in charge of our safety and well-being. And this kid would give us instructions on how we were supposed to row and when, and especially when we were in the rapids, the kid would bark out orders, and we followed them. Um, And then it kind of got me thinking, we're taking orders from this kid. (laughs) Um, And then I I thought some more about it about how our well-being depended on this kid. And, you know, if anybody else in the boat doesn't respect this kid's authority because uh, because he's a kid and doesn't do what the kid says, I don't want them in the boat because my well-being depends on his knowledge. Even Jesus, the King of Kings, his primary posture was one of submission. In John 12, Jesus says, For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Jesus only said what the Father told him to say. Everything Jesus spoke, he was instructed to speak. And when the time for the cross came, Jesus prayed in the garden, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He went as an act of submission as he finished in his prayer, but Lord, not as I will, but as you will. And his act of submission saves us. That's the good news. Jesus died for us because he submitted to the Father's authority. And that act of submission saves us. And faith in Jesus is what matters most to Jesus. We are to revere 
faith in Jesus. Going back to the passage one last time where Jesus continues in verse 11. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. The Jews were the chosen people of God, and Jesus' ministry was primarily to the Jews, and many Jews came to faith in Jesus. But every now and then we read in the Gospels a Gentile, like this centurion, demonstrating faith that no one in Israel had. And Jesus says those from the east and the west, a reference to Gentiles, will take their place at the feast of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a reference to Jews. And some of the subjects of the kingdom, some of the Jews, won't be allowed in. Why? Because it's all about faith in Jesus. Galatians 3 says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jew and Gentile, a reference to race. Slave and free, a reference to class. Male and female, a reference to gender. Race, class, gender. To this day, these three categories continue to divide us. And for those of us who place our faith in Christ Jesus, we are all one in him. I am not minimizing the need for racial reconciliation, nor trying to ignore the conflict over gender issues. But the good news is, Jesus transcends our divisions. Jesus was looking for those, and continues to look for those, who will place their faith in him. He doesn't look at things like race, class, gender. Jesus is looking for those who believe. Jesus is looking for those who will trust in him. And in the middle of all of our disagreements we have as a society, for those of us who've placed our faith in Jesus, we cannot escape the fact that we are one in him. How much do we recognize the value of others like Jesus does? How much do we recognize and respect the authority of others? Maybe even those who are less than us but still have authority like Jesus does how he respects others' authority? And how much do we revere faith in Jesus like Jesus does? Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the value Jesus places on each and every one of us. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus' act of submission the Lord, for those two reasons and others, he died for us to save us. And Lord, I would ask that we would value our faith in Jesus, and Lord, we would value the faith of everyone else in Jesus, regardless of how they are different from us. So Lord, we thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you 
and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.